Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 18. There's been a bunch of really cool stuff going on on the site. You want to make sure to head over there. We did an interview with Nick Caskell, who's uh, playing guitar with Brian Campbell, and they're on the road right now. They're going to be giving us updates, but uh, it would just be really cool to go over and read and see how you can pray for them as they're out there. Jeremy McKee gave us a post uh, for MIDI Basics for your keyboard player. We uh, interviewed Ryan and Tyler and their album uh, Songs for Danforth Chapel, which is just a great resource for music for the local church. And then also this week on our timeline presets for your guitar players, Michael Pope from Bethel Music uh, gave us the past three Bethel albums worth of settings for his timeline. So if any of your guitar players have that uh, timeline, you, you probably should send them over to the churchcollective.com and have them go get those presets so that you can play all the Bethel music with the settings that uh, Michael Pope uses. In this episode, um, I talked with Ben Borman and Scott Beglin was able to come in. We actually did this in person instead of over Skype. He came in, hung out at our church. We just talked about what his church is doing. Um, they, they integrated a drum cage at their church. And then we also talked about the importance of really utilizing the people you have in your worship ministry uh, to craft the kind of music that you're doing. So here we go. The Church Collective Podcast, episode number 18. Santa Rosa, California, uh, but my church is actually in Windsor, which is a little north of that. Uh, the church is called Sanctuary, and uh, formerly it was called Hope Chapel Windsor, uh, Foursquare, the denomination church. And I've uh, been leading worship there for about 10 years. Um, got saved at that church nice. and knew the minute I got saved that I was supposed to lead worship. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's been a roller coaster ride ever since right. and a good one at that that's cool <clears throat> absolutely very cool so you're kind of a like you're you're in a like where do, where do you meet every Sunday so we meet in a uh, it's a it's in a kind of business park area warehouse uh, we have it's a huge warehouse uh, but we have about four room four spots in the warehouse okay. so it kind of starts with our offices sanctuary uh, a kids room and then uh, kind of a multi-function room that we also double as a youth room very cool mm-hmm. so you set um, I, I guess what is your what kind of equipment do you have in your your worship so center? we um, uh, right now it's uh, running off of four four floor wedge monitors we run off of um, all our mics we run off of uh, some Sennheiser Mics, our drums, our we just—I was just explaining to you, Ryan—that we just enclosed our drums in a in a cage, right? And our drummer is adapting <laughs> to that. Sure. Um, I lead off of, of acoustic, uh, mainly play off of a Taylor, but I also have an old Guild Dreadnought that I will bring out when I do like acoustic sets, just because it's a real huge sounding sure. guitar. So, what drove uh, the move to a drum cage? What drove the move to a drum cage? (laughs) (laughs) After much consideration and um, getting a lot of feedback that we were too loud, we moved to it. And it it actually took a lot of prayer and and thought because when it first got brought to us, I was very, no, we're not too loud. We're just the way God wants us to be. And and we're supposed to make joyful noise and... (laughs) And give them earplugs. Symbols, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. And then I really started 
to focus on a, uh, a gentleman joined our church who is a classically trained uh, French horn player, oh, wow. but he also plays bass. Huh. So he came onto the worship ministry playing bass and French horn we'd throw in for Easter service and things like that. Being a classical musician, he was really into dynamics and he, he has this ear for, for just finding the perfect spots of just kind of that beauty in classical music that right. you hear. Yeah. And he's the one who really started to convince us that we could do so much more and have so much more control over right. the sound if we engaged those drums. And sure. he was right. I mean, we did it and it just, it changed everything. Right. Now, do you have the same drummer every week? Yes. Pretty yeah. Yes, pretty much. We have a second drummer who fills in. Who, right. Um, he's fine with it. Our main drummer is is learning. Sure. Learning to... Yeah to play but he's you know god is awesome because you know when we did it our drummer paul he he was so against it and almost to where he wanted to leave the church oh wow i mean he was just so he will not be caged is what he he was saying and and then he just you know we prayed together and we we worked on it and you know he still doesn't like it but he he really sure he's he's learning how to he's almost learning how to play a different style of drum that he's never played before What what was it about the cage you think that he didn't like? I I don't think he liked um, kind of the sound coming back. I and mean, we reinforced sure. it. We definitely yeah. he just wasn't used to it. He he came from being a uh, heavy metal drummer. He'll right. hate that I called him that because he, <laughs> he thinks he's not. But he 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 is a heavy metal drummer, and he likes to hit the drums loud, mm. hard. And if he can fast, sure. And that can sometimes, if you're not technically ready for that with the cage, mm-hmm. it can really shock Those you. Come back, and he guy. felt disconnected from the band in a way too. Right. Does he use like a wedge in there, or does he have like a? He used a wedge. Oh yeah, so that's gonna be loud on. Yeah. It. So yeah. we we've now moved him into a into an ear in ear. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. has made it a lot better. But the wedge <laughs> at first was just it was so hard for him to. Yeah. I remember um, doing like youth services, and sometimes I'd end up on, on end up on the drums, and they'd be caged. And I remember taking like tissues and just like wadding mm-hmm. them in my ears because I knew I was like hurting myself, yeah. <laughs> like splashing back, and yeah. I, like I had to do something. Yeah, well, it's good to to hear that that he's kind of stepping into it, and then you guys have the control. Um, Absolutely. So you said you lead from acoustic guitar mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know typical electric guitars, keys in your band, stuff exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of your your traditional setup. I do have a uh, dobro. Nice player. Yeah. So, and he is fantastic. Huh. Uh, and it's actually kind of reshaped a lot of what we've done in the sure. last six months or so. Oh. Just because our our electric guitar player kind of stepped back a little bit, and kind of in this theory of maybe being too loud, and the church sort of going in a direction that was calling for a little softer huh. worship. Yeah. It, it played really well, and and to where we're almost currently playing almost like a bluegrass nice. style of worship which I never thought I'd be doing and huh. it, it's yeah. it's been fun to kind of rework some older songs that you did and, right. and turn them into these very cool so does that take a lot of effort on your part ahead of time or is it kind of it, as your team it does needs? Yeah. it does um, mainly and, and I'm a novice with the Dobro sure. but he's been kind of teaching me just in doing songs and arrangements of songs unlike a guitar where if you know how to play the guitar, you can play any key. You, you know, you just some keys are easier to play than others. But right. it, on a dobro, according to him, it's 
a little it's just different it's it's key selection is very um kind of critical on how fluid he can be while playing and so you know it definitely kind of leads in how i how i kind of pick songs not not to satisfy the dobro but just i think about it you know keep it in mind exactly very cool what would you say the overall style of worship it is like as far as music genre because I'm, I'm hearing all these different instruments yeah that's a great question um a year ago um, a year ago i would have said we were contemporary i'll go back even that i'd say five years ago we were this little indie rock sort of you know wannabe U2-ish style worship band and then my guitarist who was one of my best friends and his wife who was a vocalist with my wife moved to Texas Hmm. and that disbanded us (laughs) and then we kind of went into just more of a contemporary style Um, still kind of same thing and then um, a year ago when, when our church merged with another church and I kind of inherited this dobro player we've slowly evolved into what I was just saying. We've, we've sort of become this very, I, I'm not going to say we sound like Mumford and Sons in any ways, but just that sort of style of, <laughs> right. of real acoustic uh, you know, from a Christian standpoint, Ren Collective sure. standpoint. Okay. And which, it, it's, it's, it's been a blast, you yeah. know? I think that speaks really well to kind of all of our churches. We, we go with the musicians we have and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a ragtag bunch of instruments that doesn't seem to make any sense but you just you piece it together and you go with it and I think God is really like honored when we you know take that dobro and you know run with what you have mm-hmm. instead of like doggedly staying to like this was the latest album that I've heard and we're going to sound just like this and we're yeah. going to like replicate this um, I think there there's a, like a lot of value in the church having its own sound and being its own people <laughs> just coming together yeah yeah, I'm, uh, my my worship team knows very well that it is not a good idea to tell me, well, it sounds like this on the record. <laughs> yeah. I am I'm a firm believer in hooks. Sure. So, you know, if you're playing from the inside out, you need to have that hook or yeah. else the song doesn't work, right. in my sure. opinion. Yeah. But in, in other terms, there's a lot of songs that, you know, if you say, oh, well, the lead singer goes to this note when he sings. Well, okay, right. but you're glorifying God, and it, it's so important for me to have a worship team that is worshiping God together mm-hmm. and praising God together and skillfully playing those songs to the church. Right, because it just makes you want to praise more. Sure, you know, and that's what it's all about. Right, praising God. Yeah, as opposed to just purely replicating what you hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for, for the teams I work with, like a lot of what I'll say is like, let's start at the recording and as best we can, we'll work there. And then, you know, let's, let's let that be kind of where we play from, like mm-hmm. where we move from without like, especially like you said, some, sometimes singers want to sing the exact ad libs that they heard on yeah. the album. And it's like, you know, the person that sang that on that album probably made it up right there, you know, yeah. and now like everybody all over the country is singing that same mm-hmm. little ad lib mm-hmm. right there. Exactly. And it's like, no, nah, you make, make it your own. Like run with it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I send out, when I send my songs out every week, I, I attach, I'll attach YouTube links sure. you know, of songs just to give an idea. Not to say, I always try and find different, like, live versions. Mm-hmm. I always I try and avoid recorded versions. Sure. Um, I try and find live versions of songs that, that I think will fit at least our energy. Maybe the style's different, but 
Yeah. Hey, here's the energy I want to see output in this, and right. that that's that always it seems to help. Sure. Where do you you start when you do that? Like that's actually a, like a really good idea. You just go to YouTube and like look up the song, and then mm-hmm. like you, like with with YouTube now, I mean, there's probably <laughs> do, dozens of versions of any given worship song. Like there by are so many different churches. Yeah. I I do. I I'll I'll kind of look at what I'm doing that week, and I'll look at. Um, you know, I'll, I can use this coming weekend for an example. Um, we're going to do more of an acoustic set this this coming Sunday, and we've been really big into vertical church band. Like yeah. that's they have just so blessed me, and just they are so awesome. Yeah. And so you know, two of the songs we're going to do this weekend are "Open Up the Heavens" and then "Not for a Moment." Those yeah. are two songs we we've had great success with in our church. Yeah, and so. For that, you know, I went on YouTube and I was looking for versions of it and I typed in, you know, acoustic version of this <laughs> and I found some amazing versions of them doing these songs wow. just in studio and just completely stripped down and you send and so, you know, that really gives yeah. my team an idea sure. rather than sending them this big, huge version of Open Up the Heavens when there's going to be right. four people on stage. So they were actually like videos of vertical church mm-hmm. doing it. Absolutely. Cool. I always try and find the yeah. the artist or or an artist that's somewhat well known um, as opposed to just sure me and sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Me and cuz I'll do it too. I'll teach song. Like if I write a song, I'll try and teach it in a YouTube video and right. And it comes across, but it's hard because you know, they're sitting there going, "Okay, well, he's just playing his guitar." Right. What does he want me to play? Sure. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I'll make sure to link those uh, videos on the show notes for this episode, just so cool. people can check them out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's been a huge like I know Bethel's been doing it. Elevation just recently started putting some videos out. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Hillsong too even had like mm-hmm. the uh, Oceans EP or whatever that was like acoustic. Where yeah. like a lot of the churches seem like they're stripping down mm-hmm. their big songs and making them easily accessible and putting these resources out there, which is really cool that they've all got that heart to like help you as the local worship leader do these songs, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yeah, Vertical Church Band's great at it. Their website has teachings on each part. And, yeah. You know, they've, they've been doing a really good job of that. That's cool. So I guess thanks, well, for, thank you. thanks for hanging out with oh, us. Guys. My pleasure. Cool, cool to do this in person, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do more Glad I was able to make that's it down. for yeah. this episode of the podcast. If you could do us a favor and give us a rating and a review on iTunes, it really helps us become visible over there. And be sure to head over to thechurchcollective.com, head to the show notes for this episode. Uh, we've got some tweetable quotes there and some videos that uh, Scott references in this uh, podcast. So be sure to head over there, subscribe. There's so much going on on the site, um, and we just would love to hear from you. Be sure to hit contact, and we would love to have you be a part of the collective. And it's just been so cool to connect with so many worship leaders. We want to help you become better at what you do.